I always had this ambition of uh, building games for women. And, you know, it almost felt that I never had courage to start it. I always wanted it. And I think motherhood really made me feel more grounded and also felt, I felt more brave. Hi, I am Sophie Vaux, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. Raise up your game development with a new podcast sponsor, Game Refinery. Having been the user myself, what I like about Game Refinery's tool is that it helps game developers take a more data-driven approach to adding features, metas, and live events to their mobile games at any stage of development, from new game development to growing the current portfolio of games. And what makes Game Refinery differ from a traditional market research tool is that its team of game analysts play and deconstruct the best-in-class mobile games on an ongoing basis, across 50 genres, hundreds of features, and thousands of live events. The data insights provided are actionable because they are based on data collected by real humans and not bots. And you will save a lot of time browsing through a database of almost 100,000 screenshot implementation that you can collect and share with your teammates. So want to learn more about how game developers like Zynga, Funplus, Rovio, Garena, and King use Game Refinery to build better games with leaner teams? Go to info.gamerefinery.com slash riseandplay to sign up for free access or to request a demo. Or just check out the link in the podcast episode notes. So today I am very excited to have for the very first time a recording with three guests. So it's part of a season three as well as I wanted to try this format of episode of coaching and focusing on specific topics around leadership and personal life. So today, the theme is about motherhood and career. Because through my conversation with many speakers and women executives, it is a reality and it's been part of the challenges when it comes to think of parenting, motherhood, and choice of career, that those things haven't always been moving forward together in an easy way. And I want to give here more visibility and transparency on the matter, bringing two amazing guests to talk about those matters who are mothers, but also successful and developed in their career and how they managed it. So enough from me. And I would like here to introduce Betty and Emily for this very first session about motherhood and career. So let's start with Emily. Could you introduce yourself? Thanks for having me, Sophie. I'm Emily Yim. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superbloom, a newly created lifestyle mobile game studio based in New York with a remote team. So I come from mobile games background everywhere from like New York and San Francisco. Now I'm based in France. So I moved quite a bit and I started my career as a game designer, quickly transitioned myself to product manager. And I've been a product person ever since, up until I created Superbloom. We are a small team of eight right now, building a new game and you know having a lot of fun. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thanks for the intro. And here we have also Betty. Thank you, Sophie, for setting this up. I am a French woman. I've been living in Berlin for uh, the past eight years now. 
I worked in the past 10 years in the, in the business sphere. So my first job was at Google. And then I worked in the travel sector in a big tech startup here in, in Berlin and, and also the education sphere. Two years ago, I started reconversion. So after the birth of my first child, I decided to take a more developmental path. And although I was already in a leadership position and the company that I was working in, I realized that I really wanted to help people develop as well as also developing myself. And so I started to become an integral coach. So it's, it's very close to life coaching but takes a bigger, a wider view of, of the people's lives. And right now, so I, I founded my own company as well. It's called Blooming with Betty. And so I offer individual coaching and also group coaching. So mainly for mothers at the minute. And I also help people in general reconnect with their true selves, with their values, and basically design a life that, is, that reflects who they are. Thanks a lot for the introduction. And it sounds like from the last part you shared about having this alignment of, you know, the awareness of your internal values reflected in your career choices or life choices, that it's a step you made yourself by transforming, blooming to the coaching path as you've started last year. So great. Then let's start right away with the topic about motherhood. And I wanted to take a moment here to reflect why is it a topic and why should it be a topic, right? So my initial thought when I thought of creating this conversation today was observation that why are there so few women in high leadership position? When we look at CEO, so I, I read a number actually last week, it was 8% of CEOs are female in tech or even gaming. I think it's even less than this. And I would say in leadership position in general is about 10%. So it's quite few. And from a lot of testimonials I have had from speakers as well, but it is difficult and we are not starting from an equal place when it comes to fighting, but taking the space for leadership position in an environment where the majority of those positions are taken by men. And I wanted to hear your thoughts first on what has been this reality for you, what are the observations? And let's start maybe with you, Emily, from your career or when you decided to create your company and why, and while being a mother. I became a mother about three years ago, it'd be almost three years ago. And I, at that point, I would just move to France for, for exactly that reason. I was pregnant with my kid and I wanted to raise uh, a kid in France closer to my husband's family. Um, so I left San Francisco, moved out here, and I found a, a new job at that point. I was seven months pregnant, and I started a new job, uh, worked for three months for a startup remotely, and then I went into the maternity leave, came back to work after two months and a half or so voluntarily. And I was very ambitious, actually, about work and, you know, like opportunities there. So I decided to go full time at three month mark. And then I started like, you know, just kind of like really full time working uh, with long hours at that point. And the first a year and a half of my, my daughter's journey, I really, I think I put my career first before my kid. And it was only possible because I have a really, you know, great husband who was a freelancer at that point, was building his own company as kind of a side project, which became a full-time 
job now. But at that point, he was really flexible in terms of his schedule. So I was able to focus on work because of that. Um, but, at, you know, as the time went by, I felt that something was not right. You know, mm-hmm. I was pushing myself too much and I kind of fell into this trap of feeling, you know, I was not succeeding in either. You know, I'm trying to do both and I'm trying to do both well. And that was my ambition. And I think one part of it is, sort of like, you know, my lack of preparation, going into the motherhood, not knowing what would really happen and not really expecting the changes and evolutions that will really come through. And there's a lot of focus on like knowing about child, you know, how to raise a kid and how to be a good mother in terms of like raising kid. But what, you know, how do you prepare for your career? What kind of changes do you expect? Or did someone tell you what would really happen to you and everything is personal as well. So it, that makes everything also hard. You know, everything feels differently about their motherhood and career to a degree. So yeah, I think first part is like lack of preparation and just kind of facing all the evolutions and changes, you know, myself. And the second part is that like, I was you know, ambitiously trying to do both well, and then ended up feeling like I was failing in both. Like, you know, I felt like I was not, being a not a good mother because I wasn't spending too much time with my kid and at work you know like I always felt like I had to catch up more although I spend a lot of time in meetings but I had to catch up at night you know doing mm-hmm. actual work and following up so I just felt that you know there was not enough time and I was failing in, in like not doing a perfect job in in both areas so that's kind of like you know how my early motherhood went. And at some point I had like a really, a realization moment when I went to Korea to see my family, it really opened my eyes up in terms of my values. And I really wanted to just kind of be courageous and live up to my purposes and values, which was, you know, also you know, do my best, best in both areas, career and motherhood and being a mom. And I needed to create different ways than working for someone. I wanted to, you know, have my own business and I wanted to really go for my, my vision and ambition around making games for women and making an audience first kind of games for, for women. So motherhood really pushed me to become a CEO and to start my own company. And it wasn't an easy journey, but I'm really happy that I really went through that and I made a decision to start my own company. That's a great, uh, inspiring story. You know, this internal value alignment with the choice of life we make. I'm getting to Betty now. Uh, your thoughts, Betty, on this topic of are becoming a parent, realization that other things are important and maybe reflecting in different career choices. So what have you observed here or do you have any things to reflect on what Emily just shared about her story? I mean, that's quite interesting because I think from motherhood is extreme, can be extremely transformational and it can be something that we can use as a way to transform our lives, especially as mothers, but also as fathers. And I'm seeing that Emily, that's what exactly what happened, right? Right. Where there was a moment where she had a realization about the fact that her internal values were not anymore aligned with what she was doing externally. And I think for me, also speaking from my point of view, that's what happened after my, my first child, where 
I came back to the company I was working in, I was a different person. I was no longer the same person. I didn't want the same things. I, when, for example, we were talking about some very business stuff, I was no longer interested. What I wanted is to hear the stories of people and what were their struggles and how they were facing some challenges. So I realized that for me, I was no longer fulfilled in the, in the life that I used to have. I, for example, after a few months, went to my manager and said, okay, this is not no longer working. I would like to change role. So I basically changed and I went to another leadership position in the same department. And that was great. I liked the change, but then afterwards I decided to quit and to jump into a new, totally new adventure of, of coaching. And what I'm noticing is that from, from clients and from discussions with a lot of friends that are mothers, basically, it's that there is this, often this isolation that can be created, especially when you stay a lot of months with the baby. And there is this sort of, yeah, loss, loss, of, loss of identity that can happen where then it's really hard to go back to the company or to the job that you used to have and be as efficient. And you also don't want the same things, right? Maybe in your past, you had your job as the number one priority together, maybe with your relationship, if you have one. And I hear a lot of people saying, okay, I, I don't really care anymore. Like I, I thought I really liked my job and now I don't really like it anymore. So I think it's a, it's a period of shifting and it's a great opportunity to embrace this change because often also it's hard, it's hard to embrace change, right? People want to resist change and we want to control where we're going. But motherhood is so big on so many aspects of your life that basically crashes everything. So you need to basically rebuild somehow everything from scratch and embrace it and not thinking that we can go back to our lives, how they were, because... It's, it's also a myth that I used to think, okay, I will come back to my mm-hmm. life after having a baby yeah. and nothing will have changed. It's just me and my partner with a baby, but it's not. You're a totally different person. You want different things. So the message here, I think, would be to, yeah, maybe use it as an opportunity to switch and to change and to rediscover yourself and what you really want in life and also really embrace each, this change. Thanks a lot for sharing as well your personal story, but also your observation from some of your conversation with clients. And you, we can see here a recurring pattern as well from the conversation I've had where there's an internal transformation that is happening that is not always maybe acknowledged in the workplace because when you look at your boss, most of them are men. So how can they know and understand, right? So the reality for the two of you that I hear, so while you have reconnected with yourself, is that your conclusion was to not stay with your previous company or with a environment and build your own path. So I wanted to hear your personal experience and thought as well why it was not negotiable for you and you decided just to go on your own path. Emily, if you could share your thoughts. So in my case, it was about flexibility of hours and I had a leadership position. I was a chief product officer at my previous job and I consumed like my working day in lots of meetings. And then I actually had to do like the work, like following up and making sure execution happens and all of that almost after hours. And so that really gave me like no time left 
for sort of a headspace that I needed in order to adapt to my transformation and new identity. So when it came to the boiling point, I really wanted to find the flexibility, uh, being able to set my own hours and my own priorities. And the second part is, you know, my values. I always had this ambition of building games for women and I saw it very audience first way and it was lifestyle games in my mind. And, you know, it almost felt that I never had courage to start it. I always wanted it, but I always had excuses to not start it. And I think motherhood really made me feel more grounded and also felt, I felt more brave. Thanks. What about you, Betty? Yeah, for me, it was a little bit different. Actually, I had a lot of flexibility. <laughs> so my manager was extremely flexible. And whenever my daughter would be sick, she would say, okay, go and just leave for the day. So what I noticed or what makes me laugh now is that actually I was the only mother in the team of like maybe 25 people. And at that time, when I came back, I felt almost like an alien. Uh, and there were not that many parents in the company. And so I remember maybe feeling a little bit apart when I came back and that I didn't have really anyone understanding the struggles of being a parent and that anyone who I could, I could share that to. With the leadership training that I did as well, that's when also I realized that I was more interested in developing people than working in a company setup. Everything combined, I think that gave me a sort of push to really take ownership of my life more instead of basically being more in the funnel of life. I could no longer fake that I was interested in some business aspects, which was no longer true for me because I, I realized that, yeah, that's not what makes me vibrate. And I think also... Mm -hmm. When you become a mother, you're more connected to yourself as a person. You're more connected with your body. Or you start to know yourself a little bit more. And that's when you realize where you want to go a bit more, right? And yeah, somehow I think that up until I was a mother, I was basically given out opportunities and I took them without really me driving my own life. And I think uh, becoming a mother helped me to start fully driving my life. Let's take a short break to hear a few words from a sponsor who are making this episode possible. Raise up your game development with a new podcast sponsor, Game Refinery. Game Refinery's analysts and data scientists deconstruct and uncover the best practices behind the most successful mobile games today. With Game Refinery, you can prioritize new features in your product roadmaps based on real-world data. Save time with a database of almost 100,000 screenshot implementations and thousands of first-time user experience videos and create your own live ops playbook inspired by the best practices of leading developers. Want to learn more about how game developers like Zynga, FunPlus, Rovio, Garena, and King use Game Refinery to build better games with leaner teams? Go to info.gamerefinery.com slash riseandplay to sign up for free access or to request a demo. Or check out the link in the podcast episode notes. Now, let's get back to our conversation. It's, again, great individual path where you go and create your own business. But I wonder what, if you had to dream of a workplace where you wouldn't have to make this choice or previously, how could it be supporting more for future mothers or 
women coming back from maternity leave? You know, I think about this a lot as I'm building my own company and I want to foster this culture where, you know, we have a high, really high percentage of women in our team. So we want to make sure when they go through this journey, it, it was, it's a great workplace for them to transition within, I could only hope. And so when I think about that, I think it's about the value alignment, first and foremost, when you come back from maternity leave, there is something maybe changed in you. And I think it's more of a, you already have that in you, but it just becomes clear. Like your values become clear because time is such a resource that you don't get to have. And so it better be worth it. And for me, it's aligning with the employee that what, what is your value? Like maybe you have a more clear thoughts. Maybe there's something that you've always been wanting to do, but maybe you didn't get to do at work, or maybe you want to pursue slightly different path within the company, that sort of a stuff. So like really making sure their values are aligned with their day-to-day -day job. And if they have anything missing in their career and really supporting that and I think that's really important for the employers to do. That's the, yeah, something that I thought of. And Betty, what are your further thoughts on things we could do in workplaces to make it better for parents? Yeah, that's a good topic, like you say, right? We don't want to see all parents leaving companies <laughs> right after <laughs> they have a baby. So I think that, but we see it a lot. So actually, that's a fact, right? I do think that after coming back from maternity or paternity leave, there should be a bit of focus on how to develop the person and also how to use their newly adopted skills. Because when you think about it, I was reading an article the other day, mothers and fathers, they have so many new skill sets that they've experienced in, in their new role that we could really use in companies more from multitasking to making demands to others to clarifying priorities. So many skills that you learn as a parent that we could use and foster more even in companies. I think that's a good element. And yeah, like I said, really maybe helping mothers come back to the work life in a smooth, but also a bit accompanied way. So in my case, having a little coaching for six months was, I think, the best thing that could have happened to me to regain my confidence as a person. So maybe some sort of programs or some really coaching from managers to, to check in, how are things going? How can we also move you up? Because it's not that once you're back, you just stay and you're, you're there. Also, mothers want to evolve, right? They want to mm -hmm. evolve. They want to change. They want to see their career grow and develop. So maybe a bit more focused on, on, on supporting mothers to come back at work and helping them develop and using their new skills. Yeah, maybe also bringing more awareness on what mm -hmm. parenting is to companies where there's mm -hmm. not, maybe not that much children or parents so that people understand if, you know, your manager is leaving because they, they have something to do and that it's more included in the, the culture of the company that it's not frowned upon or judged, but it's more accepted and that people are more aware of what parenting means. I completely agree. And I could echo that part. I think having examples, and that's actually what happens with motherhood and parenthood, that when you have a kid, these situations happen and you're going to have to navigate. Like to me, I didn't have much of the expectation because you know, working in tech and games companies, a lot of leadership positions were filled with men and 
to me, like that's like maybe one of the reasons why I didn't have much of expectation of, oh, when you become a mom, you're going to not only have to like heal from the process and raise a kid and your bodies and mental state changes. I just didn't have that much of an expectation. I mean, overall, what you see is that up until maybe the past five, 10 years, the dark side of motherhood was not so much presented, let's say. Mm -hmm. And it was also from a society's point of view, more like a, a natural element of life and that it's the most beautiful thing that can happen to you and that you should fully embrace it and basically <laughs> quiet down all of the difficulty. What yeah. we're seeing now is that also on social media, I'm following a lot of groups, also of feminist mothers who are very much willing to um, be empowered and ask for equality also in terms of the workload with men. That's when we start to talk about the dark side of motherhood, where things are shifting. But there mm -hmm. is still much more work to be done, and especially in companies. And also, I think that's why probably so many women and mothers are leaving companies to create their own. I see a lot of entrepreneurs as women, actually, after a few years into motherhood, they want to create their own things. They want to feel like they are doing something purposeful and that they are fully in control of their life and their schedule and that where they can be fully themselves. So, whereas sometimes in companies, you still have to hide some aspects of mm. your personality because it's not so well accepted. So many good thoughts here, and I wanted to reflect on some actionables when thinking about workplaces. So I'm in a position as well where um, in my next venture, so I have more visibility now, where I'm rethinking as well, how can we build more inclusive workplaces? That's a topic that is very important for me, knowing this reality when you are in minority, whether as a woman, person of color, or a parent, or a mother. We have trainings, for example, to be more aware of unconscious bias, you know, when it comes to how we treat candidates or how we evaluate the skills or behavior of women versus a man based, you know, how they behave. I think we should treat it the same way when it comes to parents or especially mothers, right? Because this transformation, as we have talked, psychological, emotional, physical as well is happening. And I wanted to share an experience also on my end where it was a few years ago when I was at Rovio and I was actually on the end of not having this awareness where one of my team members, she returned from maternity and I was really focused in like the game soft launch and I was treating her as anyone in the team. Okay. That's the plan we need. Like I was like fast pace. We have a schedule and we went into conflict and I didn't understand what happened. And it was very intense and hard for her. We had this conversation later where I felt really, really bad and I completely missed the fact that the experience was very different for her and there was a clash and uh, that, that was a very marking experience for me where I realized it's not the same like before. And so having more empathy, sitting down, how are you? More human approach. What are your expectations? Mm -hmm. How can I help you coming back and so on? So that was a great learning. And I think as a manager, as we want to have more diverse teams and leaders, we should definitely pay attention to this. Yeah, that makes me think actually about uh, what we, what I talk about also in my coaching. It's about integration, right? So how can you integrate the parenting and the parent life also compatible with a company? Up until now, it's a little bit on the outside and it's not really integrated to company mm -hmm. setup. Yeah, also something you could think about in the future could be some sort of maybe Childcare within companies, maybe, or stuff where children 
could come while they are a little bit sick or out of kindergartens. And there's a way that they could take care of the kids while parents are working. A bit stuff like that could also be something to think about. How can you integrate children and parts of the employee's life, which is so massive into the company? And to add to that, I think support that you could find in your private life, in your family life. And I think something that we shouldn't really ignore is how the partner's role really plays a a part here in terms of getting that support, getting help, having a really headspace or space for you to really think about your values, think about your future, think about your current state. And for me, my partner really played a critical role for me to be able to have that headspace. And I see a lot of people around me and who are moms who tend to have maybe a little bit of like difficult times of asking for that space, really pushing for that space. Everyone's partner is different. Their dynamics are different. Their values and, you know, how they grew up and how they work in their family life is very different, right? But there's this societal like pressure and almost like a stereotype that certain things that mothers just do it or mothers Mm -hmm. are in charge of it and women tend to accept it and we're supposed to like Mm -hmm. have all of this equally whether if it's childcare, doctor's appointment, like buying clothes for children and food, making food, buying food, like all of this and admin stuff even. And I really like hope more women could be like empowered to ask for these things and push for the boundaries so they can have that space for themselves. I think that's really important. No, that's exactly what you said. And I'm noticing that still in today's society, it's still hard for women and for mothers to take their own space. I think that comes from society's expectations. There's a lot of weight that society is putting on the roles of mothers and also from how we were raised and also how we how we saw our parents taking care of us. And so I think we are now probably the first generation where women and mothers don't want to be only mothers and rely on fathers to bring back the money. We want to be equal. To men and we want mm. to be, have the same possibilities as them and the same fulfilled life. I think there's a lot of this construction to do. I remember when we had our first child, I took 12 months of maternity and my partner took two months and that seemed somehow normal. <laughs> that didn't seem like a, a problem. I thought, okay, I'm the mother, I will take more. Actually, that was quite difficult for me to realize that I was actually not happy about having taken so much more mm. and creating that built a lot of frustration and struggle in our couple and that was a long process to recover from it and to say that now no this is not what i want it's not because i'm a woman that i should do more and now we have a much more equal way of being and parenting but that took some process that took some boundaries set up and that also took some awareness from my side to decide what i was okay to do and not to do. And now for our second child, my partner took six months. And so that was much more fair. And I thought completely supported. And I thought he was also taking his pace, actually. So actually, probably it's a, it's a bit of a balance, right? Women could take more of the work life and like their entire life uh, spectrum and to mo- take more space in that sphere. And maybe men could also embrace more of the nurturing and taking care of and family sphere uh, ownership, which brings so much 
qualities in both realms, right? Mm, yeah. A bit more to the masculine energy and the feminine energy. But I think society would benefit and is benefiting that mothers take more ownership on their career and that fathers take more ownership on the family front. Wow, that's a lot to reflect on. And unfortunately, Betty, Emily, although I feel like we reached like a kind of a peak of energy in this conversation, <laughs> we're reaching also the end of a conversation. So which is a takeaway for me as well. There is a change when you become parent and when you become a mother, even more dramatic change. And whether you want it or not, it's happening. And so you being in a position of as a team lead or the founder, CEO, executive leading a team where you have parents, please inquire about what's happening for your employees returning from parental leave and being more aware and empathic with this journey. So at last, I wanted to thank you a lot for your story, testimonials, insights. And I hope as well from the audience that you took things away, that you implement changes in your structure as well, based on those learnings. Thank, Thank you. you. This was great. Thank you, Sophie Betty. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time, 